Hi, welcome to this episode of Author Eke. I'm Travis Davis, your host. Tell us your story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Author Eke. And today we have Gramps, and I'm going to let him introduce himself and divulge whatever information he wants about himself and his books that he writes and his organization that he really supports that I'm excited to hear about. Gramps, all your... I appreciate you inviting me. So my latest book is a children's book called I Don't Want to Turn Three. Now, the reason I wrote this book, I live in this past year because of the pandemic you know, caused by COVID-19 in isolation, except for being able to be with, with my family. It gave me a chance to watch and interact and uh, with my grandkids. And I got to tell you, what a trip that was. All six of my grandkids uh, have completely different personalities. Now, the one thing they do have in common is the curiosity, sense of curiosity. Right. How excited they get when they do accomplish something or see something. So watching them grow the year and hear how they interact with each other really is the basis for this book, I Don't Want to Turn Three. What goes through a toddler's mind? The parents are so desperate to understand. When does a toddler really understand the difference between me and, and us? This book explores how the whole family finds this out together. Mm -hmm. As a baby boomer, you know, and you're a baby boomer too, so we can oh, yeah. relate to this. I, I also try to understand how the world has evolved since I was three years old. And that's also part of the story. My parents, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have cable TV. They didn't have remotes. I was my dad's remote. He said, son, go change the channel. I was the remote at the time. And my grandma so, didn't have indoor bathroom. Oh, really? That's a whole different world now. <laughs> I know. You know, my parents' definition of discipline is so quite different than the, the parents of today. Has today's world maybe for a better place for children to grow up in? I'll let your listeners kind of answer yeah. that question. How are we treated growing up versus they were treated today? So that's the synopsis of the book. Is It explores yeah. the children really learning together. So, so I have seven grandkids, and they are all different, all different. So how did you come up with the age? And they range, my, mine range from age six to 22. So how did you come up age three? So what was age three? Was that just a, as you see it in your grandkids, that something was evolving then? Or why age three? I'm interested. When, uh, when I wrote this book, the kids were one to eight. Mm -hmm. And there were a bunch of them, uh, two, three, and four. And it was like you could just see it happening at age three. That's when they started to start questioning things. But the book is based on... Uh, yeah, let's see that bad boy. Yeah, it's called uh, I Don't Want to Turn Three. And the <laughs> book is based on a true story. It uh, This really is what happened. Well, these are children's books. I can tell you a story. They're only you know, oh, heck, that, that's long. That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh, it, Jordan is going to be celebrating his uh, third birthday, and he was interacting with his other uh, kids, and they were playing. He kept stealing all their toys. That's what happened. And, uh, and then they all came together, and they found out on his birthday that he had this pile of all their toys, and they all got upset. And so the father got him together in a circle, and the oldest, Olivia, who was eight at the time, says that they all should donate their toys to the homeless kids downtown. And nice. that's what actually what happened. So that's what the story is based on. The uh, all the pictures, there's still hope for the next generation. There's still hope. Oh, I, I <laughs> think so. yeah. The pictures are all based on pictures I had taken. You know, like the, uh -huh. the one, you know, on, on, the, on the cover is that's uh, yeah. Levi and uh, Jackson in the tub. Levi loves wearing his goggles in the cup. So well, the, <laughs> these are uh, those are based on on, on 
real stories. But yeah, there there is hope. When you think about it, I am thoroughly convinced that this generation of children, the kids one to 10 years old today, are going to be the greatest generation this country has ever produced. And why? As soon as they come out of the womb, they're on the internet. They understand electronics. I didn't get on the internet until I was 40 years old. Here they got these kids coming out and they've got this. So what we as baby boomers, grandparents, we have got to get involved into their lives. We have got to be able to create that balance of you got all this great information you're learning on the internet and through electronics. Let's round you out and teach right. you things that we knew when we were growing up because that's yeah. what's going to make this the greatest generation ever. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's interesting. We were up in Arkansas visiting my grandkids a couple of weeks ago and we were all sitting out in the front porch and you know, normally we'd sit inside or something. We were all sitting outside and it was hot, but everybody was playing outside. Not one of them was on their phone. Not one of them was, do they were all just, and I remember that. That's what I remember as a kid with my friends or my cousins. We just play outside until, A, it was time to go get lunch. Then we go play again, or it got dark. We had to go back home. I really like that. So what, how do you, you write like during the day or what, do you do anything else? So tell us a little, your background. What I really got me into writing was the craziest thing is when I was in college, my best friend and I decided we were going to do a backpacking trip through Europe. And oh, so nice. we, we went to we spent 11 weeks in, in Europe. We were riding the trains. We were sleeping in youth hostels. We were running motorcycles. And everything you did when you were a kid was right. that you could do that. But I decided at that time I was going to keep a journal. So I kept a journal for every single day that we had. And I oh, wrote wow. this journal, and it was a journal about people and meeting and all that. You kind were of the stuff. first travel blogger, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I wrote this journal. Yeah, I was a college kid. I, I, I yeah. gave a copy to my friend and put it away. He called me about ten years later. He says, "You got to read this journal." He says, "What you wrote and what you observed." He says, "You got to make this into a book." Yeah, I yeah. said, well, I, I'm, "I'm a business guy. I was spending my early career in uh, department store and off-price retailing, uh, and then in wholesaling. And so I was in a corporate guy doing this kind of these things. And yeah. then I decided that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so I went out and I started a couple of businesses. One I sold to investors. The other one I took public. And the mm -hmm. one I took public became the premier business-to-business -business site on the internet where we sell a case quantity to small businesses all around the world, shipped in all 50 states, around 40 foreign countries. Our mm -hmm. customer base were the moms and the pops are surviving, thriving as the chains. So mm -hmm. we had this site. I had this business going. And I was getting these phone calls, like 30 a week. How do I do this? Well, these are entrepreneurs and small businesses. Mm -hmm. So I decided to write a book. So my first book. It was a book called uh, The Secrets of Retailing, How to Beat Walmart. And this is a step-by-step -step guide. There's 15 chapters involved on, you know, how do you open a store? How do you hire people? How do you find location? Where do you find your merchandise? Mm -hmm. How do you do your marketing online? How do you do your marketing traditionally? And so in the last chapter, the 15th chapter is how do you sell your business? How do you exit it? How do you get out of it? So that was really my really first book. And, and uh, it was, uh, Arianna Huffington had read it, and she asked me to contribute to the Huffington Post. So I've written over 100 articles for the Huffington Post on all kinds of things for small businesses and growing businesses. But most of my articles have been about nonprofits. And the reason being mm -hmm. is the nonprofit world found our site. And because they could buy products at wholesale and close out prices, mm -hmm. we we're able to help them stretch their dollars and service more people. So a lot of my articles are about 
the uh, the homeless and, mm-hmm. and teaching and uh, children and all that. And so right. that's why I, I was excited that my granddaughter Olivia came up with the idea of giving all their toys to the homeless because that fell right into what that's and how so I you, got you it. went from uh, writing a professional book to writing about kids because you probably saw people in the boardroom that were acting like kids that should be acting like adults. It's like, you know, hey, you need to turn 30. You need to grow up. So well, that's an interesting uh, dichotomy. Well, that brings up really the main reason, the main lesson in my book, my children's book. At what age do we actually begin to take responsibility for our actions? Is it three years old? Is it 13 years old? You know, is it 23 years old? We as baby boomers, we know plenty of people at 63 that still don't take responsibility for their actions. You know? oh, yeah. So that's, a, that's one of the key messages in this book. That's interesting. I, as a baby boomer, I can relate to this because I think there's a, there is a untapped wealth of knowledge, people that are in the baby boomers that a lot of businesses have just discarded, right? When they do uh, layoffs or when they do any kind of downsizing, they, they look at that. They have to look at the age and everything. And I think there's a loss of tremendous loss of knowledge in corporations today by trying just to keep the people that are probably paid the lowest because they're entry level. They're the younger people, which I agree. They all need to come up and really start, you know, but they need mentors. And, and those you know, baby boomers and you know, the ones who, after the baby boomers, those are the mentors that need to be kept in 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 business, in industry, in business world. Let's take it a step further. Let's talk about we as grandparents. The reason the baby boomers may be smart is because we made so many mistakes. Yeah. You know, if you take a look at a, if we take every decade, if you look back to each one of your decades, you've made a bunch of mistakes, but you've learned from them. And that's why we have to share all that information. And you're talking about the boardroom and I'm talking about grandparents. And we've got to be able to share that information yep. with, with our grandkids. You know, and the sad part is too many grandparents really don't care. They're, the latest survey has that 30% of grandparents are classified as remote, which means they don't really get involved in their children's mm-hmm. lives. You think about it, that's one out of every three of us. Oh, right. one out of every three. We say it, I'm sure you've talked to other your friends. They mm-hmm. say, hey, I raised some great kids. They'll raise the kids. I got my own life to live. I got some things to do. I got yeah. I got the places to visit. I don't have time for them. That, that means one out of every three of us are not involved. Mm-hmm. Now, they may show up at a birthday or they may come in right. at Christmas, but, but that's it. And so you got to ask yourself, what has caused that. Why are there so many of us just not involved in it? And a, a lot of it is caused by us. We may not like the spouse or child married. Okay. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden we've got stress involved. I love my son-in-laws. I'm going to get that on record. I love my son-in-laws. Okay. So we got that. <laughs> Make sure he listens to this. Okay. No, I'm going to send it to him. They better listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, we give, we give unsolicited advice to our children. You know, they, they, they don't want that. We, we may show up, uh, just drop by their house one day. They don't want that. So we cause a lot of those issues. When you think about grandparents and what we should be doing with our kids, we undermine their authority by, by uh, you know, how, what they're teaching their children. They don't want us to tell their children something different than what we're telling mm-hmm. them. You know, we tend to play favorites. Now, 
You and I both know you got seven, I got six. We can't say who our favorite is, but we do have a favorite. There's a favorite out there, but we can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, you shouldn't show that because once you do that, you're causing problems with these kids. I know the one thing that I've done with my grandkids, I don't know how it happened. They love to compete with me from bowling to playing pool. They love to compete. And when they beat grandpa, it's like you gave them a gold medal in the Olympics. So my grandson was down a couple weeks ago for his birthday, 22nd birthday. He, my grandson, 20, 22, he spent the last two birthdays with us. He likes spending his birthdays with his grandparents. And so what I did, I take him bowling. But if I win, I make him carry my ball out to the car. And I take pictures of it and send it to his mom. And <laughs> the, the last two birthdays, she's got a picture of him carrying my ball out to the car. Even though he's a fantastic bowler, I changed the game. As we, as we go a little bit, but I like to see the competition because hey, that does something for me. It makes me stay in shape. It makes me want to be uh, more active. But then again, it makes them be competitive, and I do not let them win. They have to win. I, I don't. I tell them, you're not. I'm not going to give you anything. They yeah, it goes win. back. It goes back to what you're talking about mentoring. That's part of our mentoring job. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. You know, those, those are the lessons we're teaching them. Yeah. You think about it. We disengage our grandkids by. Controlling them through money, through gifts, through vacations. We do this. We have me have an overall lack of empathy. These kids need needs to know we have feelings. So grandparents may may comply children to uh, do certain things, respect them. Yeah. So we turn that off. If anybody's listening to this and you're a grandparent, please think about. What do you? What can you do to really be more involved in your grandkids' lives? Because again, we are the ones that teach them the lessons, like you did. You just right. those lessons are, are the, they're not going to. When forty years from now, he's going to remember that, and yeah. that's going to be the that's going to be the lesson that you taught, the legacy that you you passed on. So, are, are you writing any more children's books, or what's on the horizon? What do you got planned? I've got. Uh, I'm working on. I don't want to turn. So okay. that's the next book. But interesting, my uh, granddaughter, Olivia, came to me last week, and she says, Gramps, I got a great idea for our next book. And I said, what's that? And she's nine years oh, so old. Oh, now it's, it's y'all's book. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She says, she says our, our new book, she says, I don't want to turn 10. And I said, what? Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you want to turn 10? She says, I've got to start worrying about uh, learning how to, to drive. I said, that's seven years away. Yeah. Why are you worrying about that now? She says, and, and I worry about it. i got to start picking out a college. I said, that's nine years away. Why are you worrying about that now? And she says, and the fifth graders I see, they got a lot more homework than us fourth graders. And I said, she says, I think we can write a book. I don't want to turn 10. But when you think about that, yeah. uh, we all have those. I don't want to turn 21. I don't want to turn 70. Mm. I don't want to turn 39. Right, you know, right. there, there's themes for all of us because we're looking back at what we did and we're looking to the future and it's it's uncertain. So that's going to be the themes of my uh, upcoming books. And, and so the, 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 the stories are through the lens of the children or is it through the lens of you watching them or is it? it it's uh, the lens of the Jordan is the star of I don't want to turn three. It's through his eyes. It's a, okay. He's the one that's writing the book. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to the theory of why we have at early ages, grandparents and parents mm-hmm. have got to get our kids into reading books. Coming yes. off the internet, they got to do that. So what can we do? The best thing we can do is making sure that reading a book 
becomes part of these kids' routine. And it, it's, it only takes you 20 minutes to read a book at the most. Right? But it creates all kinds of benefits. So picture you as a grandpa. Uh, you got your child on your lap. What's going on? First thing is creating bonding. You know, mm-hmm. it's a nice way just to spend time with your kids, much like you're going bowling with your 22-year-old. This is mm-hmm. a great time just to sit there and spend time with your child one-on-one to keep that going. Another reason that we need to be reading books to our kids and uh, all the time is it creates listening skills. Now, right. you and I both know, as we grew older, listening skills is the best skill we can have. You as a podcaster, you've got to be able to listen to what you're doing to create what you want to create. So you've got the, the, the listening skills. I need to have listening skills just to, for selling or buying or whatever I do. You know, we can create those early on with these little kids. That's a legacy we can leave. We got to read kids, books to kids because it creates cognitive and language development. There are mm-hmm. plenty of words in these books these kids don't understand. So it gives you a chance to explain it. There's plenty of words in these books I don't understand. I got to go look up. It's just a, it's a great way to create that bonding in the language and development and, and just help improve who they are. And another reason is attention span. These two, three, four-year-olds, they bang, bounce off the wall all day. Get them in your lap for 20 minutes. You know, yeah. You've got to keep concentration. <laughs> That's <tough> for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> conversation. you got uh, self-discipline. It's yeah. just a great way to do that. So I would encourage any of your listeners that make sure you take the time to read to your kids and teach them to read. It's just that thing that we can add that makes so much more sense. Yeah, I think that's interesting when you said listening, right? I don't know how many meetings I've been in professionally with sales folks, and they're just talking. I'm like, be quiet. Let the customer say something, right? Just you got to listen to be able to formulate your next question or your next move. Or whatever you want to do. And I, I think reading actually does that because when you can read and you can visualize what you're reading, it's almost like you're listening to them say it in, as you're reading it. It's that whole process of just not reading and reading a bunch of words, but putting that all together into a story and then visualizing it in your head and actually playing it out as a person. When I write, I can actually visualize what I'm writing. I really, and then I try to get all the details, like I'll put uh, something down. And then I'll go back later and then add a lot of details. Oh, they need to do this. Like she leaned over and picked up a rock, right? Or the, it was sunny outside because I want the person, the reader to feel that they're in that them or they, they're in that situation with that person. And I, and I think that's part of the listening, watching, observing everything you need to do. And I think I learned a lot of those skills in the military. You really hit on to it as salespeople. Listening is your number one skill. It, it yes. really because you do what your customers want you to do. You don't do what you don't tell them what to do. So you have to. Yeah, it's not like you ever say, well, I have a solution for you. And you're like, your customer's like, how do you know it's a solution for me? You know, <laughs> you're, you're, you know, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, but I, I do like, I do like the kids' books. And, and, and this month is uh, Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And the toughest thing for I have ever done as a grandfather was visit my granddaughter in the cancer ward. That, that is tough. If you want people say, I'm having a bad day. Go, You're having a bad day? Go to a children's hospital and, and sit in a cancer ward for about 30 seconds. And it changes your whole demeanor on what you think is a bad day. But people listen to this and, and, and watching it, I highly recommend you, even if you don't have grandkids or kids, 
somebody that does and get involved in stuff like that because you never know. It's like meteoric, right? It hits you right then. It's important being a grandkid, grandfather, or grandparent before, after, and during. All, everything of the turbulence of life. And not only are you a grandparent, you're still a parent to your kid. So you've got to be able to do all that. You've got to be a parent all the time. No matter, I don't care how old they are. My daughter's 40. I still give her advice. She gives me advice now, which is just crazy. My other daughter's are turning 40 this year also. So it's interesting how everything kind of works out. It's it, uh, taking your thought about the turbulence of life, because we are in a tremendous amount of turbulence. Oh, yeah. Just think about what this pandemic has done to our lives. The average age of people today has dropped two years because mm -hmm. of the deaths that have occurred because of COVID-19. In, in 2019, the average age was 78 years and 10 months. In 20, it was 77 years and three mm -hmm. months. 21, it was 76 years and one month. Think about the what has happened. So we, as parents and grandparents, we're here today. We could be gone tomorrow. There's all mm -hmm. kinds of reasons we can be gone tomorrow. That's why we have to jump in and take responsibility and share our knowledge. This pandemic has kids reading less. According to the United mm -hmm. Nations Education, Scientific, and Culture Organization, I think it's called uh, UNESCO, 584 million children worldwide are experiencing reading difficulties. Put that number in your head. That was before the pandemic, 460 million. So that's a 20% increase in kids that are having problem reading just because we went through this pandemic. That wipes out two years, two decades of educational gains that this world has made. Stanford Graduate School of, Grad of um, you know, Education released a report saying that the second and third graders' fluency today is 30% less than before the pandemic, 30% yeah. less. That's why we have got to get involved. It takes, yes, mom and dad raise the kids, but it really takes a village in today's world, especially with all these single yeah. parents. Grandparents have got to get involved in helping raise the kids. Uncles, aunts, cousins, yeah. we all have got to get involved. And think through that as we as baby boomers are selfish doing our own little thing. We've got to get back involved in these kids' lives. Yeah, uh, a family is a team sport, right? It takes a team to raise a family. And whether that family is your kids or your, your nieces or nephews or grandkids, it's all a team effort. My wife, when our son was born, my wife's German, so she taught him German. It was his first language. So she'd read him books in German. And now he's fluent in German, of course. But he knows these stories in German from a German perspective. And so he, he's done very well for himself. But I think that's all about learning different languages or reading. Take five minutes and 10 minutes and sit with your grand. Let's say you don't even have a kid's book. Whatever book you have that's some, you know, age appropriate, of course, whether it's a business book, how do you close the sale? Because you're, you're selling yourself all the time, whether you're you know, needed or not. You're, everybody's in sales. And it depends on what you're trying to sell. But so I, I highly recommend or go down to the local bookstore. Get you a, a nice children's book. I don't want to turn. And yeah, that's a fantastic one. And by the same time, uh, get the secrets of retelling. So when you're not with your grandkids, you can read that and then sit down and just read portions of a book and, and watch the expression on the kid's face as you're reading it. Because they're, you can see they're like, what's next? What's going to happen? And I think that's important. 
because then that builds those skills of anticipation. That's a great way of putting it. And I, I highly recommend that. Now, I'll say, I'll write something and I'll send it to my son who goes, write it like this. I'm like, man, where'd you learn how to write? Because I don't, I don't have <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> Taking advice from a 22-year-old or 25-year-old. <laughs> but that's great. So, Gramps, I, I think it's been great talking to you today. This went places I would never, hadn't thought of, especially with the professional side, because I think there's a lot of knowledge out there that can be still tapped and cultivated. And then bringing that younger generation up where they get inquisitiveness, a sense of adventure, a sense of learning about other things that is outside of their sphere, outside of their immediate environment is important. And whether it's learning about another culture, you're writing as a blogger from travel. People are probably reading that today going, you know what? I, I think I want to go there. I want to, ch- is it still there? What's changed? So I think that's, I think that's very cool to me. That's interesting. Great. It all pulls together for any of your listeners that uh, are baby boomers or, or becoming one. Uh, myself and three other partners have put together a site called babyboomer.org. And it's a place where you can learn all kinds of things. Take Learn from the knowledge of us baby boomers and mm-hmm. there's articles, and podcasts, and all kinds of things that the listeners can, can see that uh, they kind of pull all this together, too. So uh, have, have your people check it out. It, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, so that's babyboomer.org. That's right, babyboomer.org. Excellent. Well, I'm looking, I think I'm going to have to pick that book up, and my grandkids are, like to read, so I'm going to have to pick a book up, and I appreciate the time, especially on Labor Day, you know? So folks, we're doing this on a holiday, so it's important for everybody. It's important for us to make sure. So again, I want to thank you very much, Gramps, and folks, check out his book, Go to the website, babyboomers.org, and everybody have a fantastic day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Author Eke. There'll be another episode next week. Please stop by and start your own story. We can't wait to hear it. Mm-hmm.